0: From the catacombs of Italy to the glowworm caves of New Zealand, we discuss some of the weirdest, wonderful places the world has to offer on this episode of Retcond. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Retcond, a podcast of assorted geekery. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're branching out of it on the show, way out. You don't have to be a fan of science fiction, fantasy, and horror to have an appreciation for the strange, peculiar places all around us, but it helps. The website Atlas Obscura has been cataloging just those sorts of places for almost a decade now, with some help from a talented editorial team and readers willing to share their own experiences with creepy and quirky destinations, both at home and abroad. In 2016, Atlas Obscura released its first travel guide, titled Atlas Obscura, An Explorer's Guide to the World's Hidden Wonders. Elizabeth Hill of WAMC's Postcards from the Road podcast talked to Atlas Obscura senior editor Ella Morton, who co-authored the novel, about the website, the book, and the extraordinary events and places that inspired them.
1: What is Atlas Obscura?
2: Atlas Obscura is a guide to the world's hidden wonders. We wanna be the people to show you the extraordinary things around the world that will expand your sense of what is possible. And we do that with a website which began in 2009 and that lists thousands of places, we're up to about 13,000 now, around the world of destinations that you can visit and also with articles, feature articles and profiles on strange and wondrous people and with a book that came out last year that has about 700 of these places that are our sort of greatest hits version of, uh, of the database. And we've now branched out into real world events as well as international trips so with all of those things combined, we are hoping to show you just what is possible out there in our strange and wondrous world. How did you come to work
1: with Atlas Obscura?
2: I was working as a freelance writer in New York in 2011. And Josh and Dylan, who co-founded Atlas Obscura in 2009, had decided that they wanted to create a book as a an object that you could hold in your hand that was a bit different than the website. And so they were looking for a writer who was into things that are slightly off kilter. And um, I had written a book for their publisher before. And so they knew me as someone who was was a person who grew up like opening an encyclopedia to a random page in bed at night and just reading about what was out there. And uh, they they knew that we had a very similar sensibility. So I was brought in as the writer to work on this book project. And I've, I've stuck around ever since. It's been six years. So I'm sure
1: you've heard this from Dylan. Um, how does one come up with the idea to create a travel database for the strange and macabre?
2: Well, uh, Dylan and Josh both had childhoods where they would go visit... Weird things, and that could be a museum dedicated to Victorian hair art that's only open on a Monday from 2 to 5, or it could be interesting scientific things, or like a guy who is building a castle by hand over decades in his backyard. So when the two of them met, they started talking and realized that they had a mutual interest in these sorts of things. And they decided that they wanted to basically write a list of them to be able to compile them into a collection. And the best format for that seemed to be a website. So they listed all the things that they had to come across, and then they opened the site to submissions from people around the world. And that's when it really took off. That's when we started getting thousands and thousands of submissions.
1: What is the process
2: for putting forward a place? So anyone can do that. You can submit once you join at subscura.com. there's a place submission page. And you can send the location info, a short description, and photographs. And then people from our editorial team will then follow up on all of that to make sure of a few things. There's a sort of quality control happening where we make sure that this place does exist, that we can verify what's being said about it, that it is, in fact, strange and wondrous. Um, You know, if you submit the Eiffel Tower, we will not published that but if you submit the secret apartment in the Eiffel Tower where Gustave Eiffel used to entertain Thomas Edison then yeah that's a contender so it does go through a few layers of fact checking and verification but anybody can submit
1: so you have a fleet of Atlas explorers that go out We do we do and we're and very
2: it. Yeah, I mean, we have our core group of um, employees in our office in Brooklyn, but we also have these far-flung people who are part of this community of Atlas Obscura people, and they are out there. And and what's really interesting about it is that people have such different interests within that. Some people are really into visiting museums with body parts in jars and wax models of skin diseases. And some people are really into exploring abandoned ruins or like hospitals that are deserted or um, scientific devices. So we have a really wide range both geographically and in terms of interests in our community. And that's, that's really satisfying to watch. What is the difference between
1: writing an article for you guys and submitting a place?
2: So our articles section is staffed by a bunch of editors and writers, and we we pay <laughs> we pay for submissions because it involved a lot of reporting. So we'll expect for a story that you are out there talking to someone, you're bringing back an original story with a strong angle or perspective that is, new that hasn't been written about a bunch before. So we do pay for articles. Places are on a volunteer basis, but we do find that people are very enthusiastic to submit them. And in that case, we we do the bulk of the work for it. Like we will do the write-up, but we will get a tip from you, essentially. So we'll get a, a photo, a short description, a location, and then we will use that to follow up on. But whoever submitted the place originally gets credit and, and gets their name listed as the submitter.
1: Have you ever gotten submissions that are just too out there?
2: <laughs> I don't know that it's possible to get too <laughs> out there because we're sort of the the buck stops with us in terms of out there-ness. But... Um, it it can be difficult sometimes when a place involves something mythological or cryptological. So things like that that delve into the sort of P T Barnum area. Okay. Because or or things involving superstitions or the supernatural, because we are a journalistic enterprise, you know, we do want to fact check and present things that are real and visitable and, and correct. So whenever we do deal with a subject like that, we do like to make it very clear that, you know, this is a superstition or this is a belief that some people have about the fact that aliens came here. Um, but but we don't we, we prefer to focus on things that are scientific and historical.
1: Your brand has taken on new forms, as you were talking about as of late, with books and calendars and journals. Uh, Can you expand a little bit on that?
2: Sure. So we are a – we call ourselves a project because we started as a website, but now we're so many other different things. Uh, This year we released two different kinds of calendars. So there's a a -a page-a-day calendar and a wall calendar. And for the wall calendar, we worked with a – Uh, an illustration group called Invisible Creature and they made these beautiful posters of some of our favorite locations. So it's things like um, the Capuchin Catacombs in Sicily and this bridge, this uh, grass bridge that's rewoven every year in Peru and this cave of the crystals in Mexico that has these giant crystals but sadly you can't go there because if you go there, the crystals disappear. It's this whole tragic, fascinating oh, wow. story. Um, so there's that that we were really happy to get involved with because it presents Atlas Obscura sites in a, in a different way. Um, and there's also, we have a journal. So it's a travel journal that you would write in when you go adventuring, but it also has some information at the back with different city guides and we have a few recommendations for places to go so in tokyo for example we would love it if you went to the parasite museum and saw a bunch of stomach bugs and worms uh (laughs) things like that (laughs) we have a lot of recommendations
1: um your book 470 pages long do you have a favorite place in the book it's
2: really difficult to choose but i have one that's close to my heart because i went there when i was a kid and it i remember it being really magical there's a nostalgia attached to it and that is the waitomo glowworm caves in new zealand Ooh. which are amazing you go inside and it's really dark and you explore and look at all the stalactites and stalagmites and at the very end of the journey you get put into a rowboat and rode along this subterranean river by a guide. And he tells you to look up at the ceiling, at the cave ceiling. And what you see emerging from the darkness are these hundreds and thousands of little tiny dots that glow a very soft blue. And each one of those dots is a bioluminescent fungus gnat in its larval stage. But it looks like a galaxy. It's just this incredible visual and that's really stuck with me over the years. And I'm, I'm really glad that it made it into the book. Um, where Where was the last place you went? Uh, I went to Cuba recently. And that was a good time. Uh, we went to... It was actually as part of an Atlas Obscura trip because we do these international adventures now that go to various places like Bhutan and Oman and uh, the Galapagos Islands. But... Yeah, I, I, we hung around Havana for a few days and went to this amazing place called Fusterlandia, which is uh, a land that was made by this artist, Jose Fuster. And he's done all these incredible mosaics and created sculptures that have these all kinds of mirrored tiles on them. Um, and it's really rejuvenated the neighborhood that he lives in. So we got to see stuff like that, it was very cool. I I would gladly go back, and I would gladly go so many places. This is the problem with working here: is that you yeah. just your All list the ideas gets so that long. You get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, but it's it's a good problem to have.
1: I remember I was um, getting ready to go to Eastern Europe or Central Europe, and um, mm-hmm. I was looking at your website, and I found the nuclear bunker in oh. the Czech Republic. So oh you, yes. You go around and you see all this com- these communist sites in uh Prague and then, then you wind up four stories down in a bunker from the 1950s. And it's Yeah, very cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very out-of-the-score-ish place. We do have a lot of nuclear bunkers. We also have a lot of communist relics. Uh that's that was one of the highlights of the trip to Bulgaria that we ran is trekking up this snow-covered hill to see a giant Communist monument that's been abandoned that looks like a spaceship from Star Trek, and yeah, there's there's so many of those communist monuments left yeah. around Eastern Europe. And they all have these fascinating designs.
1: Where are you off to
2: next? Uh, I don't even know at this point. I, I I've been trying to do some local trips just to uh, beef up my knowledge of what's around me because as good as it is to look at. You know what's what's in Vanuatu and what's in I don't know Cairo. I, I do want to see what is within the U.S. because I, one of the philosophies that we like to expound here is that there are incredible things close to you, like within your own country, within your own state, maybe even within your own neighborhood. So. Um, like the last time I was in Boston, I went to this place called the Ether Dome, which is an old operating theater at Mass General Hospital, where the first demonstration of ether as an anesthetic happened. And it's a really cool, um, like architecturally, it's a really cool theater, but there's also um, an Egyptian mummy there for no apparent reason, That's just standing cool. there. Yeah. <laughs> so the the combination of things there is, is pretty interesting. So that's, I mean, I've I've been concentrating on local stuff now, but I I do need to take an international trip sometime soon.
1: You're based out of New York?
2: Yeah, in Brooklyn.
1: In Brooklyn. There is a really awesome stretch of highway in rural Pennsylvania called Graffiti Highway. Oh. So the coal mine underneath the highway caught fire in, like, the early 1900s. And
2: oh, is this Centralia? Yeah, yeah,
1: Centralia. Yes. I just went, and it was absolutely awesome.
2: Ah, I haven't been there yet, but yeah, many many of our people have gone there and come back with reports. <laughs> um, it's that's a fascinating thing to have happened.
1: Right? Is there a phone app coming soon?
2: Everyone asks us this. <laughs> Everyone asks about a phone app in a podcast. Um, we are. We want to have an app. It's just at the moment we're working on a bunch of things that are taking priority over that. But it is on the cards for sometime time soon. I, I don't know when, but soon.
1: And what are some of those things on the horizons that you were hinting at there?
2: Well, one of them we just launched, which is a food section. Uh, It's called Gastro Obscura. So in the same way that we have a database of places for the main Atlas Obscura site, we have a database of strange and wondrous foods. So those are things that are... They tend to be very local and distinctive to the place. Um, So I I put in... For Australia, I put in fairy bread, which is... (laughs) What is fairy uh, It's It's ubiquitous at children's parties across Australia, but it's basically... Really cheap white bread, uh, sliced with butter and sprinkles, which in Australia are called hundreds and thousands, uh-huh. just on top, and then sliced diagonally. So it's it's a giant carb and sugar bomb, and it makes kids very hyperactive.
1: Sounds good to me. But I don't know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's another one of those nostalgia things. But yeah, we have things like Vietnamese blood soup. Um, there's there's this creature, this sea creature that looks like a rock, but when you slice it open, it looks like blood. It's this tomato red flesh inside. So that's that's the latest thing that we've been working on that's that our cool. development team has been hard at work on.
1: I have a friend in China who goes around and videotapes himself eating strange things from street vendors. Oh, nice. Like tarantulas and centipedes. Sounds, ah. sounds right up your alley. little well, Atlas yeah. Obscura's alley.
2: <laughs> that is that is definitely uh we actually when we had just hired our new food editor his name's Alex he was somewhere in southeast asia and he sent back a photo of deep fried tarantula and and we knew that he was the right person for us
1: i i couldn't i don't think i could, <laughs> I
2: think I could. yeah i i don't know about it i mm, yeah spider insects it's a little it's one step too far Maybe uh, if it never was cut never.
1: up and it wasn't just—it didn't look like a spider.
2: Yeah, I, it's just the hairy legs. I think that tripped me up. Mm.
1: I, I got that. <laughs> yep, I'm picking up, what
2: you put yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: well, thank you so much, Ella, for joining me today. I really appreciated it.
2: Thank you for having me. It's been great. I mean, with with our our database and with our book we are basically saying here's some stuff that we've found and the next step is for you to get out there and see what you can find so it's a starting point and we hope that whatever you find you tell us about.
0: That was Elizabeth Hill of WAMC's Postcards from the Road podcast in conversation with Alice Obscura Senior Editor Ella Morton. This has been Retconned, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Patrick Garrett, and I'm Rick Marshall. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcast app of choice. It lets us know you're out there and that you want to hear more.